Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belial. Trap, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for every Everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music, nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean lab. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim, I am your host. Today we have, I want to say, the second longest episode we've ever done. Um, Today we have Jillian Eliza on the show. She is a Nashville singer-songwriter, originally from Buffalo, New York. Um, I, You know, I say it a lot, but this is this conversation is exactly what this show is. And what this show is about and everything in between. Um, Jillian has a recent single that she just put out. Um, there's a lot going on for her. She's, you're going to hear about it. We talk about literally everything and nothing all in the next hour and 40 minutes. I hope you, I hope you stick around and listen to it all because it was a real gem to talk to her in about things and everything in between like i love this girl love 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 this girl so much um you know she's become a friend and i think it's absolutely incredible what she's doing and just her personality and everything that goes with it is just is is super awesome um i don't want to take too much time because there's so much in this episode so um a little shout out to our wojix farm country jam that we're going to be hosting 
CMV again to our friends there, as well as Soul Authentic, Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company, Matthew Allen Photography. Thank you all so much. Um, again, I don't want to. There's so much. There's so much. Stay tuned. Jillian Eliza, enjoy. I also want to say a big thank you to our friends over at CMV Music Network for sponsoring today's episode and helping us bring it to you. Always remember CMV Music Network. It's where musicians come to play. Hey guys, just firmly reminder, we are coming up on our one year Boots and Whiskey podcast anniversary. We are kicking it off. A great celebration, June 11th. Country Jam, Wojcik's Farm, 65 Milk Street, Blackstone, Massachusetts. This is a 21-plus event from 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. Cat Country is going to be there out of Providence. Come check it out. Get your tickets. You'll be able to see Wendy and the Cultivators, Pete Tyler Band, Trigger South, the Pub Kings, Goat Roper Band, Houston Bernard, and Timmy Brown will be our headliner. It's going to be a hell of a night. Get your tickets. You're not going to want to miss it. June 11th, Country Jam. Wojcik's Farm. We'll see you there. Hey, Jill. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, this might be, I want to say, the quickest turnaround of a scheduling thing that I've ever had in, in the history of the show. Really? I mean, I do like to get work done, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just it just so happens that, you know, us recording this episode is just like a perfect storm of me having the, the time available and me being off from my my day job this week and being able to get you in. So I, I you know, I really appreciate your turnaround time. It's awesome. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm just excited to be doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, you know, I love, you know, this is, this is probably going to sound really bad from a, from a, <laughs> host and show perspective but because of the turnaround time um and all that i know nothing about you and i'm excited <laughs> to learn everything about you in our time of talking right now i'm like super excited about it well you know what um i'm just gonna have to come visit next year in boston for your birthday because i know a little bit about you yeah. <laughs> by the way Thank you, thank you, thank you. And by the time this comes out, you know, people aren't even going to care that it was my birthday, but that's all right. <laughs> so, so tell us, tell us about you and how you started and where you come from and all that stupid Q&A bullshit that I'm not going to ask that you're just going to tell us. Okay, well, I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York, the icy tundra, as everybody else in the world is. Um. Bill's Mafia, baby. Oh, Bill's Mafia all day. I don't <laughs> I don't know if you gallivanted a little bit through my Instagram, but I do have a Go Bills tattoo. I'll give do you 20 points if you can guess where it is without looking. No, 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 no. Wait, I, I'm not but playing that game. No, it's listen. nowhere dirty. It's nowhere dirty. I promise. Oh, I was going to say, the last, the last time I played that game, I think I was already drunk in Nashville on Lower Broadway somewhere. <laughs> Um, so I'm gonna guess it's on your arm in inside on your on your arm somewhere. No, on my inner lip, my bottom lip. I, what the fuck? What? Yep. <laughs> Me and my two best friends got it done. Actually, right the month before I moved to Nashville in 2019, uh, there was a Bills versus Titans game here in Nashville. And me and my two best friends, Charlie and Ella, we all got matching ones the day after 
uh, we beat the Titans. We were going to get it before, but the tattoo artist said, yeah, if you drink beer, you will get a yeast infection from the open wound. I'm like, we better Ooh. wait a day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least they told you that. Yeah, well, it was good. But we all got matching ones, and we are Bill's Mafia through and through. That's So, so all right, why the hell inside of your lip like that? Um... I've always wanted one and I suggested it to Charlie and Ella and they were like, that's the best idea you've ever had. And I was like, all right, let's do it. (laughs) That's awesome. So, yeah. So I grew up in Buffalo. Um, My grandfather has owned a bar restaurant. My family's just been in, you know, the service industry business since even before I was born. But my grandfather, he retired from his, um, he used to work for General Mills. He retired from General Mills, the the cereal company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he bought a bar when I was about four years old. So ever since I was probably five, every single birthday was in the banquet hall with karaoke. So, you know, just love of music coming through that way at a very young age. And um, did the musicals in high school, did you know, videos and things like that. And then when I turned, I think, 18 or 19, I joined my first band. And from then on, it's kind of just, you know, history and build up and working hard and teaching myself guitar and everything like that, writing. I've, I think I wrote my first song when I was about 10. Granted, I was 10, so you can imagine. <laughs> but, you know, just practice makes perfect, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's awesome. You know, that that's really cool how, you know, you don't get a lot of, you know, at least I don't get a lot of, um, you know, Northeast, you know, country artists, except for the local, um, you know, regionalized acts. So it's, it's cool to hear about somebody from up, you know, up in this neck of the woods, really, um, yeah. you know, honing such a craft and, and following that dream. It's been quite the adventure. I will say that there have been, you know, who doesn't have obstacles and, you know, things that kind of not get in the way, but things you got to get through, you know, breakups or band breakups or, oh gosh, my, my coming to Nashville story is wild. I know everybody had a crazy 2020 with the pandemic, but even before the pandemic hit, I moved to Nashville in November of 2019 and then like right at the end of November and then a couple weeks later I knew that I was going to have to go home I had a radio station event in my hometown that I had to attend and the day after I got back home I drove there mind you my car broke down and guess who was the GM factory of the northeast so all parts for every single car were on back order and mind you, I could have gone back to Nashville and continued playing on Broadway and making money, but my dumbass is like, well, I got I don't know when my car's gonna be ready. They're telling me it'll be be ready in a week. Every week that passed is like, oh, another week, oh, another week, oh, another week. <laughs> so I didn't get back to Nashville until mid-January. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, and then I started working again on Broadway, you know, meeting songwriters, writing, and and then the pandemic hit. 
and then everything virtual, which was honestly a really cool thing because there are, I have like, I don't call people my fans. I think that's vain and stupid. I call them my friends. I gave so many like online friends that I haven't even met yet that like are planning on taking trips to Nashville just through like going live and doing live streaming. That's awesome. Yeah, it it was oh, such a crazy time. And then in May of 2020, I got in a really bad car accident. Someone hit me and broke my wrist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. So, yeah, everything just, you know, I persevered, though. I'm here. I'm still here, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah, girl. I will say, I do not like those painkillers because I do not remember the entire month of June 2020. <laughs> Damn. I mean, some people are probably like, well, good for you. Um, <laughs> um, but damn, yeah, that's nuts. You know, it's it's funny. You know, would you say that that accident has, you know, really affected you still to this day? I mean, physically, yeah. Um, I definitely, so I broke my wrist right at the top um, of my radius bone. Yeah. It like shaved off the top of my radius bone. It's it's like a funny story kind of. I was holding a milkshake when the person hit me and he was, I was traveling southbound and he was traveling northbound and he hydroplaned and hit me kind of not directly head on but kind of head on and Damn. like shoved me completely flung me off the road. The airbag went off. My milkshake exploded all over me. The EMTs thought I threw up all over myself. <laughs> that's that's nuts. It, it, it's just my little way to make it funny, you know? I mean, it actually happened, but I try to find the humor in bad things. Well, yeah, you got to. You got to, you know, because especially if that's the easiest way to get through it. Yeah. Well, uh, physical therapy was tough. Oh, my gosh. I never I never broke a bone before. Yeah. And um, physical therapy was worth it. I had to relearn how to, like, twist my wrist it's called supinate i have found out <laughs> twisting your wrist um i still i have a lot of hardware in my wrist too so there will on really cold days i'll get really achy and i'll get stiff sometimes and i have to revert back to my physical therapy exercises but i have three plates nine screws and a pin in my wrist <laughs> damn yeah so i had to not reteach myself how to strum but i yep. had to I had to build the muscles back up and just the overcompensation of not being able to twist my wrist really affected like my shoulders and my back. And I've been going to the chiropractor and stuff, so it's gotten better, but yeah, physically it has, but it's getting better. I was driving again in July. Um, right, right after, although not in Nashville. Um, I took a trip back home to Buffalo and I'm, I, my aunt let me drive her van and I felt very comfortable. I'm like, I know these people. I know these roads. I know these drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nashville roads are absurd. <laughs> oh my gosh. Every exit goes the way that you don't think it's going to go. Everybody's a transplant. So they're all using GPS and not paying yeah. attention to it. It's unreal. Wow. That's that's crazy. That, I can't, you know, you know, I was in a pretty, pretty bad accident back in. Oh, shit. 
don't know. What give um uh, 2022, 20, 20, 18, 17, 17, 18. And uh, I enrolled my car. Oh my gosh. How did you and do I, that? Um, so we had, and it had been a really nice warm day here the day before, and it rained like rain, 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 like just poured. Um, and then overnight, it flash froze, and nobody was really expecting it. There were spots that were, you know, on the road that were just sheer ice. And um, I was heading to work and the side street I was going down to get to work hadn't been salted, hadn't been touched. And I, you know, it it curved just enough. And I was going the speed, I was actually going slower because I don't like to drive in the ice and the snow to begin with. And um, so I started to slide down the street. I had hit the side of the curb, um, hit a rock and it rolled my car. Oh my God. yeah, luckily enough, I had a seatbelt and all that jazz on. But, um, you know, the the cop was like, I don't know. He goes, without that seatbelt, you wouldn't have made it. Oh, my God. You know, so that's, that's, it was scary. You know, it was really, you know, really, really scary. Um, How long did it take you to be able to drive again? Um, I made myself drive that weekend. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> I had to, because I wouldn't have, you know, and it, you know, I made myself get, so I, this happened on a Friday and I made myself get into my car, um, Sunday. Um, so. I'm assuming yeah. you had another vehicle because the other one was probably totaled. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was, you know, it was one of those things where like, you know, I made myself drive to the, to the scene of the accident. I made myself do all these things because I knew. I knew if I didn't, I I would have let it get to me. Whew. I um I couldn't even manage my anxiety in the passenger seat. I remember like a week or so after my accident, I was getting on like where the 40 connects to another one of the interstates mm-hmm. and they like merge into one. We yep. were on the right side and a semi was just, you know, continuing straight. So we were coming into, but it, it, it creates its own lane. The lanes don't merge. Right. But it was, yeah, we came up so quick to where like they, you know, melded, I guess, not merged, but like became one. And Oh my God. I like my anxiety just, I burst into tears. It was, Oh, and I know, and I didn't even get in an accident on the 40. I got an accident in like a residential like street, you know, granted yeah. you know, it was a busy four laner, but I didn't, nobody sideswiped me. You know what I mean? The guy hit me. I, mean, I saw it all happen it coming and everything and it just couldn't avoid it. But like thinking that we were going to smash into the side of the semi, oh my gosh, it was just, my anxiety was so bad. Yeah. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. Like it's, it's one of those things where like, unless you're in that moment, like you don't really get it. You know, I, yeah. you know, and like, I know we've gone way off topic about what we should be talking about, but oh like, it's, <laughs> yes. you know, it's, it's, you know, but that's also the point of the show is to understand you and, you know, why you are and sing the songs the way you sing them, because, you know, you're, um, 
what's the word I want? Your situations and your life and the things you've been through, you know, impacts all of that, you know, and it's, you know, and it's huge to me to allow the audience to understand why you are the way you are and sing the way you do based on the things you've been through. Oh, where do we start? (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you'd like to. So, you know, what may, at what point, you know, how long were you doing your thing in Buffalo before you were like, you know what, Nashville is the next step? Um, too long, way too long. Um, and that's not to say that I, like, I love my Buffalo community. The music community is just amazing there. Um, you'll find some of the best musicians you've ever heard in Buffalo, but just decided to become a electrician or carpenter or plumber. And they have this amazing talent that they just never pursued and chose a family and a different career over it. And that's the kind of thing I grew up with being in my grandfather's bar, you know, if they would have a band earlier on the weekend and I could go see them, like my grandpa played guitar. He was never in a band, but I'm a first generation musician myself. So it's kind of like just Growing up in my Buffalo community, it's definitely a more rock and roll um, vibe up there. So I definitely have like that kind of influence, you know, the Eagles, Tom Petty, the Beatles, uh, Led Zeppelin, stuff like that. But my mom really started getting into like going to the Jamboree in the Hills. Do you Mm -hmm. remember that show? They just recently stopped doing it a few years ago, but um, introduction to Shania Twain and Sarah Evans, the Dixie Chicks, um, Gretchen Wilson. Oh, hold on. The Just the Chicks. Oh, sorry. Got to be PC. (laughs) Sorry. 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 This is not a political show, Jim. God damn it. But just being introduced to that music and I... Also, backtracking, um, my mom would have me go to uh, summer camp, and we would sing songs at summer camp, and these amazing, beautiful songs that um, these girls would sing. It was an all-girls summer camp, and um, the people who knew how to do harmonies. I was, I've been surrounded by three and four part harmony since I was five years old. And I think a love of music definitely came from that as well. And when my mom introduced me to the Dixie chicks, I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is like church for me. Yeah. Just any, any sort of harmony, you know, being in chorus in high school, like it was music is just a, a stress reliever for me, you know, be it singing, be it writing and, and writing is like, you know, I kind of use my songs and my writing as a diary and the things that I've been through, the things that I go through that I think might be relatable that other people can kind of, you know, hear a song and be like, damn, like I get that. And that I've been through that too. And that if I can have anybody relate to anything that I write, like I've done what I've I'm pursuing to do correctly I guess but yeah yeah absolutely 
But yeah, coming from Buffalo and being a musician and everything, I joined my first band. I think I was just turning 19 or I was just turning 20. I was just about to be either 19 or 20. And I had just gotten out of this, my first ever, ever relationship. (laughs) And I joined this band and this guy and I started dating. He was the other, you know, singer of the band. And for our first anniversary, we took a trip to Nashville. And when we got home and I, I, I was 21. So I was, I was 21 on our first anniversary. So I was about to be 20 when I first joined my band. Um, we made a trip to Nashville. And when we got home, I was like, can we sell everything we own and move to Nashville, please? Like, I, that's my place. I, I need to be there. And my boyfriend at the time was like, no, no, it makes way more sense to make trips down there instead of moving down there. Like we have a lot going on here in Buffalo. It makes sense to just make trips down there. Guess how many times we went to Nashville again? Zero. Zero. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So then him and I were together for about three years. We split up and I didn't play guitar at the time. Like I, I didn't know chords when I was younger. I played guitar, but I didn't know what I was playing. Fret and write originals and funny sidebar. I actually found all the old songs that I wrote and deciphered my tabbing. I don't even know how, what I was thinking when I was like writing my tabs down, but um, I was playing like legit chord progressions and I had no idea that I was. And I was kind of impressed with myself when I, after I started teaching myself guitar, like, wow, I, I kind of did know what I was doing. I do have an ear for this. Uh, but when my ex and I broke up, I, I lost the band. I lost my relationship slash my best friend slash co-writing partner. And I almost lost my dog, but I got the dog. It's okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And, um, but I didn't play guitar, so I couldn't play i just bartended for a year and i was trying to find a guitar player that would set so i could at least do acoustic gigs around town and no one would learn my set and it took me a year to be like you know what f this i'm teaching myself you can so you can, October, you can say you could say fuck on this show just, oh, just okay just for follow <laughs> just for follow future reference this is a, <laughs> okay. a no holds bar kind of like you don't have to i like know, it you don't have to censor yourself here at all <laughs> okay cool so Dixie Quick Chicks drive. is cool then? Okay. Dixie Chicks is cool. Uh, it's Lady Antebellum. Um, you know, we, I like you know, it. I, you know, for, for living in a ultra, ultra liberal state, you know, I'm very middle of the road person and it drives everybody around me nuts. So, <laughs> you know, that just goes to show you where <laughs> my daily struggle, um, but go on. Sorry. I, I interjected when the story was really good. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> well, I took I took a year off. I bartended. I would fill in for a band here and there. Um, my friend Leslie, she uh, she's pregnant at the time, and she just had to be on off her feet sometimes. So I would fill in for her, but it was few and far between. Mm-hmm. So then I taught. I'm like, fuck this. I'm teaching myself how to play guitar, and all the while teaching myself covers but also writing. Yeah. 
Um, even with like the three chords I, I knew, you know, country music, three chords and the truth. That's right. That's <laughs> but right. I was playing gigs out by myself within six months. Awesome. I would do I would do open mics and stuff to get more comfortable singing and playing. And I have a pretty good like m- like internal meter to you know, I I had been in in the band for three about three years, so I know timing and everything like that. But yeah, I was playing within six months and after that I was playing I almost completely stopped bartending and was playing full-time music the winters are a little tough in buffalo like i did have to bartend one or two days a week just you know yeah for play money but i've been a full-time musician for oh geez since i was 20 so long time and progressively you know making connections and, and and writing more and um, having the connection with my local hometown radio station, I op- I've opened up for countless artists, national acts, and um, just gained so many friends and followers and supporters through doing all of that. And I, in 2019, I won a competition. And I got to play one of the biggest shows that Buffalo has. It's called Taste of Country. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Then, um, I opened up for Joe Diffie, R.I.P. Yeah. Um, Joe Diffie, Lee Bryce, Brett Eldridge, and Luke Combs. And oh, so, so nobodies. You opened up for nobodies. <laughs> I mean, it was an amazing experience. It was, I played in front of a couple thousand people. I, I don't know how much it holds. I feel like 10, between five and 10. I don't know. I, I can't gauge it, but um, it was an amazing experience. And when I won the competition, it was January. And then the show was in June. So between January and June, I'm like, it's time. It's time that I rip the bandaid off, move and try this out because I'm a songwriter. You know what I mean? There's no songwriting industry in Buffalo. And I don't want to just play, you know, bars for the rest of my life in my hometown and burn out, you know? And you live in the North, you know, seasonal depression is so real. Very real. (laughs) Very, very real. But, and, and in, in Buffalo, the, the, the busy season is really only from like, may to september 1st yep. you know it gets it gets cold real quick and i i can play every single day down here if i want to and it's just been such an amazing experience and i never moved away from home i moved out of my mother's house yes but i never moved away from my hometown and if i can give anybody advice is to do it sooner rather than later because you can always move home yeah. I I look back now and I don't regret anything that I did or did not do, but I really wish that I would have just been like, okay, you don't want to move to Nashville, but I do. And I, I stayed in Buffalo and I wasn't, you know, I didn't think I could do it on my own. And that breakup really 
made me become the individual that I was going to be. Yeah. You know, if if the breakup that that first initial breakup didn't happen, I wouldn't have, you know, realized like okay, I want music in my life. I'm not going to be a bartender for the rest of my life. I want, I need music in my life. You know, I can't rely on other people to do this for me. I'm going to do it for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And even songwriting, because before that, like, when I was in that relationship, I only ever co-wrote. So, breaking away from that I learned how to write by myself and granted let me tell you him and I wrote amazing songs and we had really really good chemistry on stage and we wrote really really well together but to find the the my the just just be an individual in it and know and work on that confidence that I can do it on my own it never would have happened if you know the breakup didn't happen and everything like that. And I have a lot of songs about a lot of different breakups and they're just going to keep rolling out and rolling out. And I actually have a new song coming out in a week or two um, called shredder. Um, I have recently gone through a breakup and it's been liberating. So, so it sounds um, that's, that's amazing. I, now, is it hard for you to, is it, was it hard for you to make that change where it was like, oh, I'm writing with this person and we do, we do have this great chemistry and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden it was, oh shit, I've got to do this on my own. Well, I mean, yeah, because I, well, I lost me, I lost music for a whole year. Yeah. And it was, I was making good money. I was working at a brand new bar in town that was super busy and I was making a ton of money. So yeah. I was, you know, I was well off, but I was depressed. I didn't have music in my life right. at all. And it was scary. It was so scary. Like, oh my God, how am I ever going to get back to the, like, are people going to forget who I am? You know what I mean? Because in the band, we had a band name. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm going to take off for this long and people aren't going to know who I am. All of the repertoire and like all of the the people who did support me aren't going to remember who I am or anything. And that was like, mind you, a vain thing to think, but also scary. You know what I mean? When you go from having... in the in the band, we were opening for Kit Moore. We were opening for um, John Party, uh, Joe, not John Party, sorry, Joe Nichols. Um, we were doing all these big things, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm gonna lose that connection because nobody's gonna know who I am and it was really scary and it was really tough but you know I I think that I have a good enough rememorable memorable personality I guess that I'm person I'm personable and I, I know how to talk to people and you know I I don't bullshit people I don't yeah. think at least 
but yeah, it was, it was a little difficult, but got back on track and started doing it. And then people did remember who I was and people did know who I was. And I, I became a separate entity from what I used to be with the old band. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how long have you been in Nashville now? Um, a little over two years. Okay. So in this time, I'm just trying to get the timeline correct here so that I have a, a visualization of this. So in this time, how, in this time you have found somebody or found a, found, you know, somebody to, you know, kind of help you through all of this or have you, are you still doing everything soup to nuts by yourself? Um, no, I am definitely not doing everything by myself. Um, I, I am go. I, I just went through a breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been tough, but I'm getting through it and I'm writing some of the best material that I think I've ever written. Um, I met him shortly after I moved to town and we were just friends at first and then you know things progressed started having feelings for one another and um became just super close and tried writing together didn't really have a spark there um he just he really liked writing on his own and we write just very different stuff um he was there for me a lot, you know, through my accident and everything like that. And, um, introduced me to this amazing couple, um, Bryce and Sam. Bryce is an amazing musician and producer. He plays just about everything. And Bryce is the one who is producing and, has become my like usual co-write on everything that I've been doing for a while now. Um, Mm -hmm. Him and his wife just packed up from Denver, Colorado, them and their three kids and moved here in December of this past year. They've only been here for a few months and they have just been absolutely amazing. And I met, I met them through my ex and I, am so thankful for both of them because not only do I have a new best friend in Samantha, but Mm -hmm. I mean, and Bryce as well, but I have this amazing music professional relationship with Bryce and he believes in me so much. And it's like, it just makes me want to cry how thankful I am that like, like I said, every single happen, every single thing happens for a reason. Had I not had my ex in my life, I never would have been introduced to these amazing people and I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. And, you know, when you go through bad shit, like it's so hard to see the, the big picture and like look into the future and be like, okay, why is this bad thing happening to me? But I always try to find the silver lining and, Bryce and Sam are definitely my silver lining in all this. And like, it's, it's been amazing. And Bryce is just so fucking talented and like has an ear for things that I would never even like think of like, Oh, let's put a little lick in here. Oh, let's put like 
we just tracked vocals yesterday for my new song. And he's like, okay, picture your ex and how pissed you are at him and how shitty he is. And I need that anger in your voice for this part. Are you ready? Work it up. Think about it. Think about how bad you want to punch him in the face. And like brought this thing inside of me out and like, oh my God. He just knows how to like get emotion out of you. It's crazy. It's just, oh, it's a vibe as the young children children say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's really incredible. You know, it really, it's always nice to have that person, especially I'm, I'm assuming, especially when you're writing and recording music. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, hashtag follow Bryce Wayne music on Instagram. He's amazing. And we have some big things in the work. I'm super excited. And yeah, <laughs> I needed to get that plug in. What was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't even. Oh, oh, having, <laughs> having, um, having that support when you have, when you're doing your music, you know, having that, that person to be like, you know, exactly like you said, like, all right, be pissed off at, in this song with this emotion, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. It's, it's just something like I've worked with other people before and the vibe just was not there. And it, it, it like, you know, uh, my ex, the, 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 the most recent one, he would, like almost purposefully butt heads with me on little stupid things. And I was just like, okay, this is uncomfortable. I'm not super enjoying this. And then Bryce comes into the picture and he's like, oh, well, I get what you're saying, Jill. Like, how about we try it this way? He's just gent, like working with someone who is like gentle and understanding and like laid back, like, this is a job and this is like the career I want, but if I'm not having fun, I don't want to do it. No, of course not. If I feel uncomfortable, like my creativity is dead, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's just been, it's been wonderful. And that's awesome. That's, that's really great. You know, it's, it's, you know, this is one of the few episodes I think we've had where, you know, your enthusiasm and your desire, you know, there, there's no question that it's there. You know, there's, you know, I've talked to people where it's like, okay, I know you want to do this. And like, if you didn't, you know, you wouldn't be on the show or doing your music, but like, you really want this. I have wanted this since I was like seven years old. (laughs) I went to career day where you like dressed up as the career you want i got made fun of because i dressed up as britney spears that's awesome granted you know it was the 90s she was huge i was eight years old whatever (laughs) but (laughs) i hadn't (laughs) discovered the chicks yet um (laughs) i yeah i've wanted to be a performer and a singer since i as far back as i could remember it's something that I've always wanted. Yeah, I've know, tried out for American Idol. I've tried out for The Voice. I, you know, I've done all of that. How were those experiences for you? Um, very different. Like, 
they do not portray on the show what actually happens like behind the scenes. Yeah, I've, like, I've heard American some horror Idol, stories. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a horror story. I've met people that I like, oh my gosh, the first time I ever tried out, I was 18. And I still am friends with people that I met at that audition to this day. Um, I've seen my friends, you know, flourish with their music and move all over the world and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm still have those connections from years and years ago, but American Idol, it's like a cattle call, you know what I mean? And yeah. <laughs> um, the voice is definitely a lot more organized. Um, I've gotten through several rounds on both, but I never made it to any televised, um, a- anything televised. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, it's always an amazing experience. Even like when I was living in Buffalo, I would travel wherever and I'm like, okay, I get to see a new city. I get to try out for this, you know, TV show and I get to meet new cool people. Like it was always just, a, you know, something fun to do. Like, uh, took me to Pittsburgh, took me to New York city. I tried out in Atlanta. My dad lives outside of Atlanta. So that wasn't like super wild, crazy new place Chicago I had never been to Chicago until I tried out for American Idol or sorry the voice like all these different places up and down the east coast like that I probably wouldn't have gone otherwise you know yeah yeah and just the people too that you meet that share that same passion it's so cool it's such a cool experience oh I'm sure I'm sure, you know, it's, we've had people on this show that have done, you know, Idol or The Voice and like, you know, I've had very positive experiences, you know, whether it was making it through and being on TV and, you know, being a, you know, a front runner and, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, it's always interesting to me to hear the, the perspectives. I've had, I mean, other than, you know, not getting through, <laughs> I've had amazing experiences. Yeah, good. That's and that's great. You know, because you know how things go. You know, one. You know. Oh, I've with... seen people freak out. Yeah. They yeah, made um... me stop singing. How could yeah. you? This is bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. I've seen some crazy people for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. You know, and it's it's weird because it's like you know, I you know I've you know, at the top of the show, I said, I haven't looked much into you. And like, you know, I've scrolled through your Instagram, but like, you know, I like to try to like do a little research and I just, you know, unfortunately I just didn't have time, you know, it just, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, looking through like your, your stuff, like you, you have a sense of, you know, really who you are and it's, and it's really kind of awesome to see, you know, you, you have that, you know, I'm going to guesstimate that you're in, in my age range. Um, I'm never going to ask a, a, a young lady her, how old she actually is. But Good if, boy. I to, if I had to guess, I would say you're in my wheelhouse. And I feel like our generation was just built a little different. You know, it's, you know, we have well, we, on that. We were raised, you know, bare feet in the backyard, drinking yeah. water out of the hose, you know? Yeah. And like, Ooh, we were really, hold on. I, I got to write that down. Nobody better plagiarize that from me. <laughs> <laughs> right, it quick. Um, you know, but it's one of those things where, you know, you know, and I, was, I had a conversation with somebody the other day about it, where we may have been the last 
generation, and I hate to even say generation, but we were the last group of the generation we're in to have grown up without, you know, social media in our face 24-7. Oh my gosh, yeah. Until we turned 18, until we turned, you know what I mean? Um, You know, Facebook for me, you know, started you know, the year before I graduated high school and it was only a- available to college students. So, you know, there was none of it. It was- Oh, I was, oh, I was a MySpace. Com- I loved MySpace. I think I, we all did. <laughs> I was a wizard at HTML and now was- it's like obsolete. <laughs> right, because <laughs> like, it's all done for you. I know. It's all click it, it's all plug and play. Which is, for me, awesome, because I am, you know, totally um, computer illiterate, so it's, it's great. Um, I was almost going to be a mechanical engineer uh, or a computer engineer if I, you know, didn't like, I'm not going to college, mom. I want to be a musician. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so did, you, did you go to college? You went to college. I did... College was a really good year for me. Um, (laughs) Can I say that I did not know that that was funny until the first time I ever said it and people around me laughed really hard. And I was like, why is that funny? And they're like, Jill, college is supposed to be like two or four years. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, now I have a good joke in my pocket. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. But I mean, I just did community college. It was basically like 13th grade. It was just dumb. Yeah, I did community college because I had way too much fun in high school and didn't take math seriously enough. <laughs> um, so I was told, like, listen, you need your math grade to, you know, be that of a of a human being. And I was like, oh, all right. Um, <laughs> you know, and I wanted to teach really bad. You know, that's that was my my course. Really? You know? Yeah. And then during the pandemic, I started to teach. I actually taught at two different schools during during the two years of uh covid and it made me you know i was probably in bad situations with those schools but um it made me realize how much i was all set with not teaching yeah you know which was sad for me because that was the dream you know it really was and then so you went to college to be a teacher yeah yeah i went and then and then towards the end i realized you know, I can't sit down and pass a test because in Massachusetts, you have to do, you know, the way the, the way the college courses go is you have to pass certain teacher tests to take the next class. And Um, I just, I didn't have the time nor the patience or really the intelligence to do that. And so I got my degree in political science with a minor in US history. And I graduated college and continued to bartend and wait tables for the next fuck, almost 10 years. Uh, it is so you know, hard to get out of the service industry when you're making such good money. I will yeah, say that. Yeah, it, it is. And you know, it, you know, when you're bringing home, you know, $1,500 in cash in, you know, four days, it's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to leave that. Yeah. It's really hard to leave that. You know, but I got to a point in my personal life where it was just like, all right, well, you need to be home at night. You need to be home on the weekends. You need to, you know, you need to do these things. And, well, I guess I did those things. (laughs) 
Now, That's, do you have kids? Yeah, yeah, I have three boys. Oh, Jesus. A yeah. pool of testosterone, huh? Oh, yeah, my wife loves it. She's, you know, <laughs> I mean, she, she says all the time, you know, I'm her fourth child. You know, she tells me all the time, listen, I have three kids. I don't need a fourth. Um, I'm not your mother. And it's like, well, why not? I need somebody to take care of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, like I was saying, you know, our generation is just so different. You know, it's, it's Ooh. interesting to hear, you know, I your have... story and your journey, because, you know, I talked to some of these younger artists and they're like, well, you know, it, you know, they don't say it out loud, but it's like, well, I've been doing it long enough. I don't understand why it just hasn't happened yet. It's like, oh, well, uh, welcome to life, kiddo. I mean, and like in in this te- day and age, like you need to have such a prevalent social media presence, yeah, to really get anywhere. And I mean, you could tour and stuff, but unless people know who you are, like, oh, you're gonna go play like this podunk town in like Kentucky like every three months just so that the people that go to that one bar know who you are like you can't it right you can't build a repertoire quickly doing that so it's like you know the next best thing is to just work immensely and put out good content and I will say like I don't post on TikTok I don't know really how to use it I I wish I was better with it, but like, I also haven't put out any music since before the pandemic, which what? Like, no, I, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, in Buffalo, I was, you know, living to work and working to live doing music. Right. Now it's like the money that you can make playing on Broadway is so good that you can save up and you can, you know, go record your songs and have them sound, you know, radio quality, radio quality ready. And like something for me is like, I want my music to sound the best it could. And it almost gives me anxiety. Like, okay, I don't know who to record with or where to record. And that's another thing, like the introduction to Bryce Wayne, like he just knows what he knows what he's doing. And it's, it's, I'm just so thankful for that alone because like I showed him stuff that is unreleased that never even got recorded. And he's like, Jill, you have two years worth of material here. You have two years worth of like releases and music and EP. You could do a full album if you wanted. Granted, I'm not a known, super known artist, you know, uh, in Buffalo I am, but not much anywhere else right now. Um, definitely. I've been working on my social media presence. I, my website and everything like that, getting everything in order because these next, these next releases that I'm going to be, uh, these next songs that I'm going to be releasing in the next, you know, couple weeks and couple months are my reintroduction to that digital music world. Whereas I've been playing these songs out since 2015. I've been playing my originals out. People in Buffalo can sing along with a song that 
only has like ever been recorded and put on like Facebook live or something. Mm. So releasing all this new and old music is my reintroduction of like the artist I'm going to be now. Cause I found the right producer. I found the right people to surround myself with. I found the right people to, that I want to play on these tracks and everything. And it's, it's a really exciting and scary thing because you know what I mean? Like I'm going to be releasing this song in a couple of weeks and like, I'm super duper proud of it. And you know, it might not go viral, but the people who have been waiting for me to release new stuff. They're going to enjoy it. At least I hope they do. And I just, I have friends and people I don't even know, like, Hey, do you have any music on Spotify? Like I only see one song. Do you have anything coming out soon? Like people have been asking me and I'm like, until now I have, haven't been able to tell them. Yes. It's exciting. It's scary. It's sometimes overwhelming, but I'm just like, finally, you know, finally I get to, to say, yes, I do. Please, you know, follow me. Let's get excited. Like, it's just a really cool place where I'm at in life. And it's, I don't, it's, I don't have the words for it. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's, that's the best part, right? Is like when everything starts to come together, like it, it feels incredible. You know, it really does. It, it's nice to, you know, have a sense of accomplishment in what you're doing. And, you know, really, you know, from, you know, yeah, admittedly, you know, from the one song you do have on Spotify, it's great. You know, it really, really is. I appreciate that. Um, actually, we might, there was a suggestion to take that song down and rework it. Really? And just with, just with better, better production. Okay. Um, to, to match my sound now, because that song was recorded in 2019. Yeah. And I feel like my voice has grown a lot in the past few years that, we can just, I have a different sound now as opposed to then. I've kind of found myself a little more the past couple years on the kind of artist I want to be. Yeah. And yeah, it's in, it's in the, you know, the idea box to possibly rework that song as well as all the unreleased stuff that I have, which is super exciting in itself because Heartbreak. I'm really proud of that song lyrically, but it's a little too rock for how I want to be portrayed. Okay. Now, what what made you decide to go the country music route? Um, I mean, I've always loved, you know, I I grew up on you know the '90s country music and definitely female forward um I've I really grew up on like a lot of like before my mom got into the country scene and introduced me to it a lot of like you know pop music pop music rock music um really whatever my mom listened to um adding in the country music you know and then in 
the 2000s, mid 2000s, um, being obsessed with Avril Lavigne. Um, <laughs> just a lot of different influences. Um, Beyonce, Christina Aguilera, like powerhouse vocalists. Um, Bonnie Raitt, Susan Tedeschi. Um, I always like to challenge myself vocally. Um, Carrie Underwood, like I love singing along to Carrie Underwood. Her voice is just unreal. Kelly Clarkson. I just, uh, a lot of powerhouse female influences. Um, but really joining my first band and having the opportunity to progress, progress with the band I think okay country music I enjoy it I love it um I love the storytelling of country songs um now more so nowadays it's more you know country pop um is the mainstream you know genre but it's also marketable you know what I mean like I come from not many people know it, but like Buffalo is like blue collar. Like we right. have farm farmers, like my family raised horses, like, and it's not like, you know, we're in New York, but we're not New York. You know, we are blue collar. We are redneck. We are, you know, working class people. And I feel like I just have a stronger connection to like, the country music community in that right because of the way I was raised in community and like, you know, just that whole environment. Mm. Yeah. You know, because, you know, for, I know for like where I am, um, you know, country music wasn't popular, you know, growing up. Country music was something that, you know, your older relatives listened to and it was, you know, the Conways and the, the Hank Williams of the world, you know, it wasn't, yeah. you know, country music just wasn't a staple here because of whatever reason. And it, it's only really been within the last 10 years that, you know, 10, 10 years or so that country music has become a staple, you know. Same. The, yeah. The, Doesn't it make you feel sort of deprived? Yeah, a little bit, you know, because I remember, you know, and I, I love telling the story, but my dad's side of the family you know, they were big, you know, my, my dad's uncle, you know, and everybody, like, they, they would sit around and play their guitars and sing those old songs and, and play, you know, classic country music. And, you know, whenever we were at their house for parties or whatever, it was like, get me the fuck out of here because I can't, I can't. And, you know, <laughs> oh, now, no. It's, yeah, oh no, it's bad. But now it's like, oh shit, you know, like those, you know, for me, like those opportunities and those missed opportunities to sit down with my dad's uncle and have a conversation about this, you know, now that I love it so much, it's like, I wish he was still here so I could do that, you know, because I know for him, it would be a, it would be a huge thing. See, I have a similar, you know, kind of story. My uncle and my grandpa would sit around playing like, you know, just rock tunes tom petty the eagles whatever my uncle dave is like obsessed with bob dylan so definitely got a lot of that to the point where i was like okay i'm sick of bob dylan <laughs> like 
<laughs> my uncle Dave will say that Bob Dylan is the songwriter of the generation, you know, the, the most amazing songwriter that there ever was or ever will be. And everybody's entitled to their opinions. <laughs> um, but that's the kind of stuff that I grew up with. Like all the classic rock, like, like you said, like up North, country really wasn't that big uh, uh, until the past, you know, 10, 10 ish, 15 ish years. And like not even 50, yeah, 10 years, man. Damn. And people saw how fun country concerts were and jumped on that bad bandwagon, you know, and it almost, my mom got into it early on. She started going to Jamboree in the Hills when I was like nine eight or nine and and introducing me to like David Allen Coe, Toby Keith, um, you know, all these, you know, banger artists, Gretchen Wilson. Like I grew a love for that. And like, I wish it had been not sooner, but like my mom thought my mom wouldn't listen to, you know, Hank Williams or, you know, Conway Twitty, she's like, oh, I don't like the sad stuff. I like the mainstream stuff. But at least, you know, I was getting influenced by a little bit of the country world, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now moving to Nashville, I have discovered so many OG country artists that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I knew this song years ago because I just like falling in love with it again, you know? Yeah, right. Like Loretta Lynn. Uh, um, Loretta Lynn, uh, Tanya Tucker, you know, Hank Williams, Hank Jr., Waylon. Like, I, there are these songs that I'm like, oh my God, like, I wish I knew this song years and years ago because I'm in, so in love with it now that I just feel deprived. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. I, was, I wasn't raised in a really big country. music listening family you know my grandma was obsessed with elvis like that kind of stuff my aunt listened to like uh tracy chapman and courtney loves band and like a lot of rock stuff and i just have all these different i just i mean and and that's not saying that i love music in itself like i can listen to a hank williams song just as easy as i can listen to like a screamo hardcore song yeah i i just like i appreciate the art of it granted there are some you know in each genre there's shit that i'm like that i don't like that but then again there's shit that i'm like oh my god this is like i can bob my head to this i can like i want to listen to this more than once and not turn it off like i don't like to discriminate against any genre Granted, I'll be like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, certain rap songs are like, all right, this is a little much talking about, you know, dirty shit and whatever. But then there's like, you know, Wheeler Walker Jr. I laugh my ass off at that shit. Like, flop out those titties. Like, okay, am I being a hypocrite or am I just, you know, and like, I can get down to some Cardi B. I'm gonna let you know that right now. I can get down to some Megan the Stallion and I can just as easily get down to some you know, Conway Twitty and bluegrass music. Like, it's just, 
I love music as a whole. It's not, yeah. I can't just like be like, no, nope, I don't like it. I'm not going to give it a try. My, I have an open mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really the best way to be because, you know, it's, especially when you're writing music, you know, and performing, like, you know, it's also going to give you a, you know, an edge by, you know, having these influences and being able to say, okay, I like this. I like that, you know, and, and having, having that, you know, I mean, I have no idea what it's like to write a song or perform in a way like that, but, you know, I can only imagine that, you know, having, having that sort of um, background, you know, is, is really helpful. It's just like freeing, you know, like, yeah, I, I've been obsessed with the new Ashlyn craft album. Oh my God. Yep. I, I live and am living every single song on that album. Oh my God. It's just like, Oh my God. I wish I wrote that. Holy shit. Like that's my life right now. Like, Oh, her voice is awesome. Like she's so talented. Um, I don't know if you've heard her new album traveling kind. I have. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. it's so good. And I'm actually, I'm not like BFFs, but I'm like pretty acquainted and friends with um, some of the writers on that album. Um, they're just, they're really, really good people. Uh, Corey Wagar, uh, Tori Allen, like Tori Allen. Oh, my God. She is like the most crazy, like multi-instrumentalist, like woman. Oh, she deserves like all the fucking success in the world. Um, she wrote day by day. I think Corey might have as well with that one, but just like Tori Allen, she plays fiddle. She plays guitar. She might play mandolin. I'm not sure, but she's like a utility player and she goes on tour and plays like these awards shows with, with artists. Like mm. it's wild. It's absolutely wild. And it's just so exciting to see women getting like their just uh, what's the word like recognition They're, it's yeah. in in such a male i mean you know every there's male domination in every kind of career path that you're going to look into but in country music it's very very male dominated it is yeah. really hard for a woman to break through and shatter the glass ceiling and it makes me so excited and happy for these women who are and get to like progress and succeed and like get the recognition that they deserve and that's it just paves the way for the rest of us you know what I mean yeah. I always like to say if you're not helping other people you're not helping yourself right if you're not helping others you're you're putting a roadblock up for yourself yeah. and actually oh, in Buffalo I used to run the pandemic squashed it but I ran a yearly showcase called Buffalo's Women of Country and I would have like a lineup of like between five and eight women in from or around Buffalo to showcase their I would I always liked to have original artists but I did have some cover acts as well and I would put this on because there is there is a moment when I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off um, the day of the first Buffalo's Women of Country. 
and I like stopped and I was watching one of the singers to take like an Instagram video or whatever. And the person in front of me was like talking to the person next to them and was like, have you ever heard of this person on stage? And the person next to them was like, no. And they were like, oh my God, they're so good. How have I not heard of them before? That moment, I was like, this is why I'm doing this because nobody knows who we are. Like there's, you can play whatever bar, but unless there's like something that's going on that can like a a, a show like that, like people that are, and we're back. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. So I I don't know what the hell that was like the weirdest thing because there was no bad connection, there was no nothing, and then it was just like, oh no, we're all done with no, no, we're not. We're not. (laughs) Um, so was I saying like if there there was no you can play a bar in Buffalo, but unless like there's like, you know, a showcase kind of like event, nobody's gonna know who these people are and like that moment when I heard these people talking in that interaction I was like this is why I'm doing this because I have met all of these women and I didn't even realize when we were in like the green room and I was like hey you know so and so and I'm 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 watching all the girls introduce each other to one another and I'm like wait you guys don't know each other they're like no we've never met before like I didn't even know there was another singer with you know do you know they didn't know each other and I'm like I know all of you because I've done you know so much met so many other people but like these women didn't even know who who each other were and like I felt so thankful I'm like okay now you guys know who each other are now everybody's everybody else is gonna know who you are I had no idea that these people didn't even know each other yeah because you know we're all playing at the same time we're all playing on the weekends you know what I mean right we're all doing the same like we all have the same job and the same you know punch card you know and I'm just like that meant the most to me to be able to like these women that I have met throughout the years and not only look up to but believe in their talent to be able to be like introduce them to such a more broad world of the, I mean, I guess Buffalo music industry, but like, it just, it made me feel so like accomplished and fulfilled. Like, this is why I am doing this. This is exactly why. And I do, I do miss running that show. The the pandemic killed it. I, I had like the date set and everything and I would get sponsors and everything like that. And hopefully, you know, the next year or two I can I can ramp it back up because I see I I still follow the Buffalo music scene and I see new singers coming out and starting to you know to flourish and it just makes my heart happy you know I I don't like yes we are all doing this same career choice but I'm in I'm in competition with no one You know what I mean? I am my own individual. What I'm doing is going to be different from what the next, you know, Sally Jane is doing. And I'm just like, I don't understand how certain people have that mindset of like, oh, no, you're my competition. Right. Because, Like I said, if we're not helping each other, we're not helping ourselves. Right. Right. I feel like I've been that way 
my mom raised me that way, you know, and. You, you know, it, it's funny because it's, you know, you say that because, you know, there is a, there's always a level of competition, right? But, you know, especially with what I'm doing here and, you know, there is a, there's a small enough community that does this, that, you know, it, it is pretty cutthroat at the end of the day, you know, where it's, you know, people are, you know, not as quick to give up a contact or not as quick to say, Hey, you should, you should look out or look after, you know, this person, because I think they would fit your show really well, or, you know, whatever, you know, it's all about, Oh, well, I got this person and, you know, I'm not telling you how I got this person. It's like, like, what the hell is the point of that? Exactly. And like, oh my gosh, I literally, I will meet people at certain bars or whatever and exchange contact info. And if they like want to get out of whatever bar circuit they're in, in Nashville, I've had so so many people come to me hey is there anywhere you know that you know that we I could try to get in absolutely let me see what I can do let me give you some contact info let me give you some you know uh some managers numbers some booking agents numbers because you know what if I can't do the show I'm not just gonna leave the bar hanging you know what I mean like I I I just if you're not helping out your fellow, you know, colleagues, I guess colleagues is a good word. Yeah. I just, I like to make a good impression on people. I like, I don't ever want to leave people guessing the type of person that I am. I'm very confident in the type of person that I am. I like to help other people sometimes a little too much, but you know what? Like I'm never going to leave someone with an empty bowl. Right. Yeah. You know, and there's enough, you know, it's like, like I'm in my situation, you know, there's enough, there's really enough artists for everybody to go around, you know, and there's enough. what's What's the saying? The only time you should be looking at the person's bowl next to you is to seeing if they have enough. Right. Like you don't jealousy is just, it's, it's gross. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you, I I look at another, another artist, male or female, like, I mean like, damn, I wish I wrote that song. I'm not jealous. I'm like, wow, you should be so proud of yourself. That's amazing. Like maybe a little underlying, like, damn it. I wish I wrote that song. Like, oh, that's probably as far as my jealousy would go. Right. But it's like, fuck yeah, you're doing it. You, you did it, you know, like yeah. Ashlyn craft. Holy fuck. I wish I wrote every single song on that album. Cause I'm living it. Oh my God. It's amazing. It's amazing. But you know what that is? That's inspiration. She is an artist who inspires me. I don't see jealousy. I see inspiration, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it it totally does. A hundred percent, you know, because it's, you know, for me, it was, you know, I had a, I had a really big guest on at the end of February that, you know, was, was a process to get on, you know, and like, I didn't say anything to anybody about it until a few days before it happened, because it was like one of those things where, you know, I've had instances where I was like, 
oh, well, here, here's my list of guests that are coming on in the next month. And there was other, you know, there's other similar, you know, podcasts or whatever that, you know, would swoop in and be like, hey, I have an opening right now today to get you on. And it's like, you know, that's, to me, that's real, a huge dick move. Um, but, you know, so like I started to really keep my guests close to the chest um, because of that. Well, you know? and yeah, that's, and that's, that's preservation. That's not, right. you know, that's, you're not being shysty, but, you know, you have to protect yourself too. Right, right. You know, it, and, it, and like it, for me, it sucks because it's like, I, I would love to be like, hey, this is the schedule of shows for the next two months. But it's like, I know there's a few people out there that'll be like, oh, well, Jim's got these people on. So we're going to figure it out in our schedule to see if they can come on this week and do it. And it's like, you know, like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, some it's people all take of- competition way more seriously than others. Right. Like I said, the music industry is can be cutthroat, but I'm in I'm in competition with no one. Yeah, I love I like okay. For example, there is she's such a sweetheart. Her name is Leah Cross. She is so so talented. She's oh my god, gorgeous girl. She just came out with a song not too long ago. Hold on, I'm looking up my Spotify. And I'm like, it, it's so good. Her voice is just, I feel like her and I have kind of similar voices, but she just, uh, City Spirit and a Country Soul, Leah Cross. She is a sweetheart. She is so friggin' talented. Like, just one of the examples of like someone who is just like, she doesn't have a shysty bone in her body. She just yeah. like someone I want to have in my circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, one of her best friends, amazing artist, Lina. She is the, oh my God, she's wild. She's crazy. I love her. She's like just good people. It's, it's taken me a long time to like weed out the bad people. And mm. recently I've had to just, you know, uh, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, I guess, yeah, is the yeah, is yeah. the term. <laughs> Just bad people that are really good at pretending that they're not bad. Yeah, and it can be painful losing those, no. you know, connections and and friendships, or you know, even a relationship. But when it comes to light, the kind of person they are, it's liberating, and yeah. that's like how I'm living life from now on, like. The first red flag I see, I'm like, mm, I'm gonna keep you at an arm's length for now. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't yeah, have time yeah. for shysty people. I only have time for people who, number one, want to support me. Number two, that I feel are a worthy human being and like a good person that deserve my support. Right. Yeah. You know, in, in the, you know, in this industry, you know, I hate to have that feeling of those people are few and far between because I'm not sure that they necessarily are, but there's, like you said, there's a lot of people, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing where it's like, Oh, oh yeah. you, you got me, you know, <laughs> you got me. Might take a minute, but 
but it's just it's it's weird to me to see people be so cutthroat. Yeah. Like what I'm doing is different from what you're doing. And if we're doing the same thing, like, hey, let's collaborate. That's right. my I don't know. That's my mentality. Like right. if you see me doing the same kind of thing as you, let's work to perfect what we're doing. Let's write a fucking banger together. You know right. what I mean? I don't know. That's just my mentality, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's funny because people, you know, for, for what I'm doing, like people don't want to collab. They don't, they have like very little interest in it because, you know, nobody get, you know, none of us really get paid to do this. Well, not really. No, none of us get paid to do this. So it's like, if there's something similar, like they're like, nope, or they want something for it. It's like, like, give me a break, dude. Like nobody's making money doing this. So what do you, and that, you know? And that's the thing, like, you help me, I help you. Let's grow our fan base together. Right, right. You but know? they don't see it. Like a lot of these, a lot of people just don't see it that way. You know, That's so really it's like, sad. Yeah. I so feel like, like those people weren't raised right. Yeah, you know, so it's gotten to the point where it's like, you know, there's a few, you know, there's a couple of shows that are out there that, you know, I really, you know, cling on to and, and talk to on a regular basis because they're not like that. You know, and it's, you know, we're doing similar enough stuff where it's like hey you know try this or hey i think this person would be really good for your show here's their contact you know and then there's other people where it's like or other shows you know and i'm not trying to talk shit you know at all but it's no of course you know it's it's just you know it's interesting because you know it's like you know we literally have a similar pre you know a similar style or similar, you know, guest list, I guess you could say, um, you know, it, it's, it's just weird. It's just so weird, you know, cause I want to help everybody. I'm like, Hey, this was a great interview. You should, you know, talk to so-and-so, but I, you know, at the same time, I feel like, you know, the way I conduct this show is just really, it, you know, and you know, this is going to sound arrogant, but I like, and I, I pride myself on it that it's so different from everybody else because it's not a Q&A style, because it is a conversational, you know, piece. It's it's very different from what other people are doing because it is a no holds bar. It's, you know, it's getting to know you. It's getting to know the artist. It's not, you know, I, I tell people. And can I say I love this because it's like we've gone on several different tangents off of just one question to the point where right. I'm like, what is the question again? Right. And, but like, I think that's, that's how conversations should happen. It's right. great. There, there are no questions, you know, because it's like, you know, and I tell my guests and I know some of them get irritated with me because I can hear it in their voice when I say it, you know, I don't give a fuck that you have music out. You know, I mean, I do, you know, but like, I'm not here to talk about your latest single. You can do that on other shows. That's not what this show is. You know, and I've had, I've, you know, I've talked to PR people and I was like, listen, like if they want to talk about their music, there will be time for that. But I want to know that. Um, and, I love that. I love that. You know, and I've, I've gotten some no's from some pretty big, let's say pretty big, but some, you know, better known people. And, you know, I've talked to, you know, other people. They're like, well, maybe you should just for that show, you know, do what they want. And it's like, no, I'm not going to just. You know, nobody's going to tell me how to how to run my show just to have a have a good guest on or, you know, a, a guest that's going to have more ears to it. You know, like. That's that that's going to compromise me and how I want to run this. You know, it, it just I don't know that that sort of thing just doesn't 
sit well with me to compromise what I want to do here just to, you know, get ahead, I guess. I don't know. It was like, and it's like not compromising yourself and your art, really. Right. Right. Like, you know, like uh, I'm lucky enough to get, you know, land Connor Smith for this show, you know, and Connor and I talked for an hour about almost nothing about music and just about him, you know, and he's a, he's a huge up and comer that everybody has tagged for this year. And it's like, you know, if, if he can sit down for an hour and shoot the shit about his life, like you're not, you know, you can too. <laughs> you know, well, I, like, feel, I feel like people innately like to talk about themselves anyway. So right, right, right. Which, you know, when I started this, I, I was really concerned that nobody, no artist was going to want to come on and be like, yeah, I'll talk about me for an hour, you know? And then the floodgates opened. They were like, you know, I want to talk about me for an hour. And it's like, oh, okay. Sounds good. It's almost like a therapy session. Yeah. Yeah. There was, sometimes, you know, sometimes, I mean, you know, it could be. <laughs> you know, for, for the date that you and I are talking, you know, for people that are, that are curious, it is March 8th. And the episode I released today was with a female artist. So for the month of March, we've been doing this, you know, featuring women in country music because it is International Women's Month and Women's History yes. Month and all that stuff. So we've been, you know, all of our songs of the day are from women. All of our conversations on the Tuesday releases are from female artists. And our distilleries that we are featuring on Wednesdays are either female-owned or female-operated. Um, so, you know, the conversation we released today was just It turned into a therapy session real quick to the point where, like, it is one of my favorite other than this one because this one has just been a therapy session too but you know at that point it had been you know it was such an in-depth conversation about who we were as people that it was like like even thinking about it and talking about it right now like gives me goosebumps and it's one of the few episodes I've ever actually gone back to and listened to again so it's like, I love I, yeah, and I love that. I love that this has become this because you know I got to tell you, like I said at the beginning, I have no idea really about you. And here we are, you know, almost you know, pretty much an hour and a half into this, and I feel like I know you better than some people I've known for the last twenty years. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, it's true because I feel like we're you know based on what you've said and what I've heard and, you know, seen on your Instagram, like we, we come from a very similar world, you know, foundation. And like, that's, it's nice to have, to see that nice to hear that. And, you know, it's, you know, I say it all the time, you know, where like after an hour, you know, you, you're not just a guest, you're my friend. And I know it sounds like a line and all this bullshit, but like, I really feel like I've made a friend in you today just in this conversation. I love that. And I feel the same way. <laughs> you know, when it's, I'm, I, you know, there's been times where like I've had guests on, that, you know, that I still text on a regular basis where it's like, Hey, how's things? You know, what are you doing? What's going on? And, you know, and those are the, those are the ones that, you know, I really felt a connection with and, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's really cool. The friendships I've made through all of this. Well, 
you let me know what bars to come play in Boston, and I'm there. Oh, I we got plenty. I I can even tell you bars that are better outside of the city for you to play that are. I love have, it. I have a Loretta Lynn's. I'm I'm a Red Sox fan. Are so you? I am. <laughs> well, you know you. So then you know Loretta's right outside of right yes. down Street. A perfect day would be going and having watching a game on the Monster, and then going and playing a gig at Loretta's after. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know, I may know a few people that I could probably make that happen. Well, now we're just going to be besties. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, you know, that that's tried to grow my connections quite a bit doing this, you know, for some of it for selfish reasons, but some of it for, you know, business reasons. And I know the booker over at Loretta's pretty well, you know, her and I have, you know, do are doing some cool stuff together. So, um, I will, uh, will, uh, will be, we'll have you get in touch for sure. That would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. You could do like a little, um, like a little, you know, Massford Island tour. It'll be great. Oh my gosh! Only if we go get drunk at Harpoon, okay? Oh, uh, see, Harpoon sucks. Really? Oh, I, uh, I like. I like the walk down there. Yeah, and you know, I don't know when the last time you were here, but like that whole seaport area in the last couple of years has like really grown. Like it's nuts. Yeah. Okay. So wait, yeah. what's your favorite brewery then? So, so local, local. So my favorite, oh god, my favorite local brewery actually is. I'm probably gonna get shot for this, but um, if I'm not much of a beer drinker. Um, it's sad to say, like, I just feel like I'm getting too old to, to my body can't handle it anymore. Um, <laughs> but okay, so now I've gone off on a tangent. So if I had to pick one, um, Sam is always a good, a good go to. Um, I know they're a little more commercialized and they're not. Oh, so Sam Adams. Local. Yeah. I didn't get to go there the other times that I've went. Oh, it's great. It's a, it's a great place. It really is. Um, but there's like local breweries out, out my way that are really good, um, that are like hidden gems. So like, I like some of those, um, you know, there's, there's one in Franklin that's, uh, 67 degrees brewery. Um, they're really good. Um, so like the little ones, I like the little ones. Um, like the mom and pop kind of, that's how Buffalo yeah. is. That's how Buffalo yeah. is. Buffalo has a crazy brewery circuit. It's wild how like yeah. how many are popping up. Like I love that though. I love yeah. I mean my family's owned bar restaurants since I was a, a baby. You know what I mean? So it's like mom and pop in Buffalo is a huge real thing. Like Buffalo Wild Wings and Pizza Hut went out of business. Like yeah. Buffalo I'm telling you, Buffalo pizza is unreal. If you ever have a chance, I don't know, like go to Niagara Falls or whatever, go to Buffalo, go to the South Towns of Buffalo and go to literally any bar that looks like a hole in the wall. They're going to have the best chicken wings that you've ever had. They're going to have the best beef on whack you've ever had. Like go to my family's bar, Limerick's. Like they, I just like, I was spoiled on good food. 
my grandfather, my grandmother, my mother, they're all amazing cooks. So I was so, and it sounds dumb, but I was raised on, I'm a bar food snob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Cause you know, I working in the restaurant industry for as long as I did, you know, like it was, you know, I used to always say like, you know, I worked my first job right out of high school was, you know, waiting tables at Applebee's and it got to a point where like Applebee's just became, you know, a sit down McDonald's, you know, yeah. where. Oh my God. Was, yeah. That is literally, I've never heard someone say it so perfectly. You know, <laughs> cause it, cause it is, I mean, it's, the food's not awful. I mean, the food's not great, but it's not, you know, um, it is what it is, right. It's, you know, it's, it's a restaurant for family budget kind of, um, you know, and I've worked in all kinds of places and it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, when you get, when you get to a point of, you know, this is the same shit I've eaten every day for three years, you know, you don't want that anymore, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but to, to go back to the, um, the brewery thing, there's a brewery in Worcester called Wormtown. There, if I had to pick a local, a regional brewery, that would be the one I would go with. Worcester? Worcester. 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 Worcestershire. W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R. I'm going to have to, I got to get back to Boston. I love Boston. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool place. Um, but yeah, you know, Worcester is starting to get a, a country scene um, going that, you know, I think is going to rival Boston and, you know, potentially surpass it. You know, there's. And that's where, that's where you're, that's where you're from. That's where you live. I'm about 20 minutes south of Worcester. I'm about 20 minutes, 25 minutes south of Worcester and about 20, 25 minutes north of Providence. Okay. Yeah. Um, my cousin used to live in Providence, Rhode Island. She used to um, manage a hotel there. I never got to go oh, there, though. I never got to go visit her there. <clears throat> yeah, I actually just got out of the hotel now. I was doing that for, for a few years, and um, it was just my time to go. It was I was driving to Boston every day to work, and it was just you know an hour and ten minutes. How far away from Boston just, are you? Um, I'm about an hour, oh, hour and ten. Dang. Yeah. Dang. So to so to do it in the morning during commute and then do it at you know in the afternoon commute, it was just you know, there would be days where it'd take me two hours. You know, it just That's that's a lot, yeah. 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 It was a lot for not making you know, I make it okay money, but not not enough to justify driving there every day. Yeah. You know? I get so that. It is, it is what it is, you know. And um uh, whatever, you know, shit happened, you know? Um, God, we've talked about it so much. I love it. I would love to do another one of these. I feel oh, like yeah. we've connected so much today. Yeah, I do too. Like anytime you want, like just, you know, shoot me a text and be like, hey, what are you doing? I'll probably be like, oh, I'm doing so much. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah any, I, you know, I love your vibe. I love everything you're doing. I love, you know, the trajectory you're can't wait to see you know more from you and hear more from you and see what happens with you and like you know you're just you're such a cool soul and I'm like 
you know, I, I wish I knew you in like real life. <laughs> you know, oh my so, God, that means so much to me. I feel the yeah. same way today. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to talk to somebody on this show. And nothing against my other guests and all that, you know, at all, because I love, I've loved them all. Um, but, you know, I don't get a lot of, you know, what feels like a like-minded person that, you know, is in my age range. Cause like I said, I'm not asking, um, and, <laughs> uh, right. you know, it, it's, it's nice. It's nice to, you know, have that, that connection to understand where each other is coming from and understand where the music has come from and, and, and why things are the way they are. I love it. I love it. I've really enjoyed this interview get to know you introduction yeah. today yeah me too i'm i you know thank you for you know really you know talking to me for way long i'm not gonna lie way longer than i expected for us to talk to and you know it's been awesome it's been really fun well i hope that we can do it again soon <laughs> me too so so i do have two questions okay shoot um know if you've listened to any other episode i'm sure you've listened to all 70 or so by now Um, i have yeah yeah you had that kind of time over the last four days um so so my last two questions of every episode are what are your boots and what are your whiskey my boots are okay justin's i think hold on I i actually don't know what brand they are Oh, wait, Laredo. My boots are Laredo. Nice. Is that what you meant? Yeah. yeah <laughs> my boots are Laredo, and my whiskey is few and far between because I like to fight when I drink whiskey. Nice. That a girl. Oh, Actually, God, I could have guessed that. <laughs> I will say screwball peanut butter whiskey is delicious. I do that. And you it's like. Because you have to. Don't call me out like that. <laughs> Well, listen, we've become BFFs in the last hour and a half. I'm going to call your shit out. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Um, I do like the screwball. I drink it when I'm at, you know, if if uh, someone's going to buy the band around, I'm doing yep. screwball. It's good. Really? I've, I will I've say, actually, um, you know, I've never had when, it. When I was younger, I used to drink a fellow named James, and he made yeah. me fight. And get alcohol poisoning because i would drink so much in one sitting <laughs> yeah that's but, a whole nother that's a whole other podcast i think oh my gosh dude i <laughs> i have some stories man <laughs> i have some stories God. i've been a bartender since i was 18 i have some story i've been a musician oh, yeah? and a bartender since i was 18 years old i have some friggin' stories you're yeah a little better i would i would begin some relationship jokes but we'll, we'll save that for next time <laughs> oh my gosh we get it we have so many episodes like right on the docket right here oh my god bar fight stories uh drunk stories yeah bad relationship stories oh my god. i have a song called mirror the bottle that i wrote when i was dating this guy who was an alcoholic i was da- i wrote it while i was dating him i'm like hey babe i wrote you a song and it's me on the bottle like it's like yeah that's good i actually played it on air on the local radio station at home and he's like 
it sounds so good. And this was after we were broken up. He's like, it sounds so good. Where's my royalty check? I'm like, you were the inspiration, not the writer, bro. <laughs> right. Royalty check. <laughs> oh, my God. That's too funny. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we could go, we could go on and on about all of those things. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm gonna hold you to it. I'm gonna hold you to yeah. it. We're gonna have them. We're gonna have them. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> don't you know? Don't be shy. You know you you know how to get a, in contact with me. You know I'm. You know I I feel like you can handle some some um some good some good quips and some good memes. So those might come your way. Um, oh hell yes! <laughs> you know because I don't have a lot of people to share them with, and the people I do share them with, they get mad at me. So. Um, oh my god, I'm so excited! You know, yeah. <laughs> oh man, too funny, awesome. Well, like I honestly like there's nothing there's nothing to say but thank you for like this awesome awesome time. It was so much fun. Thank you, I really oh, appreciate it. Yeah. Honestly, this has been great. You've yeah, no. made the start of my day significantly better. Woo! You know, I I wish there was more women in this world that would tell me that. <laughs> You know, I love it. That's all right. I can say that. My wife doesn't listen to these anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she'd probably yell at me if she was here. She'd be like, "Got the fact. Don't, don't tell people that shit." Watch. <laughs> uh, oh, this is gonna be the one she listens to, and she'll be like, "I don't sound anything like that." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, too funny. I'm glad she has a sense of humor, though. So um, do you? Do you edit these or do you just no. keep them raw? I keep them raw. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. No, because like, you know, I, so it's twofold. I don't edit them because one, I don't really know how. And two, I don't want to take anything out of context. Oh, you know, authenticity is, I love that. That's good. Yeah. You know, it, what you hear is what you get. You know, if, if you swear, I swear, we stumble across something like, whatever you know it is what it is this is how this show is i want this show to them you know i love i love how it's i love how it's kind of just like a phone call with a friend i love it it's so cool that's the that's the show and that's what i tell everybody it's like you know and there's some times where it's real awkward and it's like all right why am i grasping for shit you know and that's you know those are the shorter episodes sometimes you know where you know, or if episodes are short, it's because, you know, whoever I'm interviewing is, you know, got a huge um, calendar that day, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever. And they only have a half an hour or 40 minutes, you know? So, you know, I can do the show in a, in a time constraint or not. Yeah. You know, so it is, you know, it is what it is. And I love it. You know, it's. I could tell you. I could tell you a story about a about a show. I oh fuck it, I'll tell it anyway. So I did a show. I did a I did a great show. I, it was a great conversation with with an artist. I won't name names. I'll text you who it was later. Um, <laughs> that I knew that I knew going into right um, would would get some backlash from listeners. Um, oh, based on who that person is, person at all. But like once, once I promoted it, and once the knew, I knew it was gonna be a shit show. 
Um, but I did it anyway because I wanted to have somebody on that I knew I wasn't going to agree with what they said. You know, I, I just, I wanted to have that conversation. Um, and it was very good. It was very amicable, yada, yada, yada. Well, this person had told some, some deep personal stories and I appreciated it so much. Um, so a couple of days after some, you know, our conversation, uh, you know, Morgan Wallen had come back up in the news and I have not been shy about my support of Morgan Wallen and his music, not necessarily what he said, but of him, but long story. Anyway, so that person got all pissed off at me, didn't say anything, nothing, no indication that they were upset. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The episode comes out. Um, I promote it. It's, you know, it's got some, some listen. And then I get a diatribe direct message on Instagram, you know, pretty much telling me how much of a bad person I am and all this shit into take down their episode. And I was like, you know, I was at a real crossroads. I was like, do I, do I take it down? Do I say, no, fuck you. I'm going to stick to my guns and keep it out there. Um, and all that stuff. And I ultimately, took it down because you know it was in my first you know two or three months of and I I didn't need a, a shit storm um you know but I think it came out now I would have been like no fuck you sorry it's staying so it was an interesting you know turn of events for me um and you know after that I vowed that certain topics and certain things I wouldn't push and certain topics and certain things I wouldn't dig into either. Um, because I didn't want the show to be about that. I wanted it to yeah. be about them and, you know, whatever. It's always weird so, when it gets, like, political and whatever. Mm, yeah, and it was like, you know, that person was just getting into things and it was like, oh, God, this is not going to go well for me and it's not going to go well for you. Um, but you keep talking, so I'm going to just let you dig your own hole, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and I say I don't agree or do agree with that person on some things that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily about agreeing or disagreeing. It was approach and how everything went, you know, the tone and all that. And I'm just, yeah, so now now, now that I've given way too much out there, but um, whatever. It is what it is. Did I lose you? No, no, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. So yeah. That was that was a that was a fun, interesting conversation to have, and uh, a real um, learning learning process, learning curve for me. It was so nice. This was like refreshing. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad, and I'm glad you, uh, you stayed long enough to, to hear all my bullshit. So I, I appreciate you. I can't wait till we do it again. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, so Jill, thank you again so much. Really, thank it, you, it Jim. A, it was an absolute blast, and um, we'll talk super soon. Absolutely. Alrighty. 
All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> well, record setting. Record setting. Second conversation that we've had. A fucking two-hour episode. And you know what? When we made the episode, it didn't feel... It felt like 20 minutes had gone by. Love, absolutely love this girl. Cannot wait to see her once we finally get to Nashville. Um, there's some, there could be some things coming up soon. So take take a take a listen, stay tuned. Um, this week we have Chris Young at Bold Point Park. Um, that'll be Friday night. Um, we're giving away tickets to that, so stay tuned there. Um, next week we're going to have a double shot. Next week is a double shot, two episodes, and I'm only doing this because season three is starting very, very soon. Um, so we're going to do a double shot episode next week, um, and then a single episode on the 7th, and then season three is really going to start the 14th. Um, there's going to be no delays, no nothing. We're just kind of breaking it up. Um, summertime is coming. Um and we've got a lot of things on the books already to get us right through, you know, really till till the fall or September. Um, so keep a look out on the keep a lookout on that double shot next week, next Tuesday, day after Memorial Day, May thirty first, um, and then the last episode of season two is gonna be it's gonna be a throwback. It's just. It's going to be a throwback. It's going to be a... Um, it's it's my apology love letter to um, the person that, you know, really kind of got me jolted into this. So stay tuned for that member. Um, Country Jam, June 11th. And we're kind of also, you know, kicking off season three. Season three will be like our one-year anniversary start. So two seasons in a year, you know what? I'll take it. But yeah, until then, thank you all so much for checking us out. Check us out on social media. Thank you everybody for listening. Jill, fucking you rock girl. I love you so much. Um, so until next week, keep the boots on the ground. Let's get in the glass, guys. Cheers.